With me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers? Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you own an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage. Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com. 1800. I'm Roger. Ladies and gentlemen, you ready for the big show? Exactly 15 seconds. We'll be on the air. This is the Lars Larson Show. Our beloved republic is in the hands of madmen. This is a dark day. Honestly provocative talk with Lars Larson. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Broadcasting across the Pacific Northwest and covering Oregon, Washington, and Idaho on the Radio Northwest Network. Lars. And now. Then we're going to kick the Biden crime family out of the White House. Here's your host. Almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, and my cat. Lars Larson. Our schools are not migrant or homeless shelters. They're places of learning for our children, paid for by our taxpayer dollars. Our children, our school community, our families should not have to bear the brunt of a migrant crisis. This is not good for anyone, not the migrants or their children and not students and their families. Why don't we send them to Gracie Mansion? Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. That is a member of the New York City City Council. Her name is Ina Vernikov, and she's making a very simple and common sense point. And you have to realize that at this point, we had an incident last night in America that ought to be a warning to every single person in this country. Joe Biden's invasion of illegal aliens has now finally come home to the point where it is threatening the education of your children. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. If you want to join what we call the best conversation in talk journalism, it's right here every day at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. You can send your emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. And I've simplified this whole issue, although I want to give you the details, because the details are especially nasty. Should American schools be off limits to house Joe Biden's illegal alien invasion I would answer that one, yes. You can answer any way you like. You'll find the question on X or Twitter, at Lars Larson Show. And you also find it on our website at LarsLarson.com. But what Ina Vernikov was saying last night in New York City, and I would suspect that this is going to start happening at one level or another everywhere in America. In fact, I'll even quote Elon Musk, who I don't always agree with. But Elon Musk said, when they run out of hotels, they're going to come for your kids' schools. And when they run out of the schools, they're going to be coming for your houses. And I don't think that that is a uh, 
I don't think that's a facetious suggestion. I actually think we're headed that direction. Because let me remind you of some of the facts on the ground. In the last almost three years of Joe Biden, we have seen more than 9 million illegal aliens come into America. And the vast majority of them, about 85% of them, are released right into the United States. And they're told to show up for court in a few years. And we know by experience that the vast majority of them will not. These are the future voters of the Democrat Party. I mean, way back in the 1800s, Democrats had slaves. Well, they don't have slaves anymore, but the party of slavery since 1829, the Democrat Party, they need a new captive group of people. And they're running out of the other groups they typically turn to. Black Americans have decided we're tired of this Democrat nonsense. They're voting Republican. Hispanic Americans, the same. Asian Americans, the same. So what are the Democrats going to do? They need to import literally millions of people to vote in elections. And guess what? Illegal aliens will be voting in America's elections this year. I can prove that. So what are they doing now? Well, in the biggest cities in America, like Chicago and New York, and I'll tell you what happened at James Madison High School last night and this morning, in those big cities, the number of illegal aliens is staggering. It's in the hundreds of thousands. Except if you do the math, with more than 9 million coming into the country in the last three years, and only a few hundreds of thousands in the big cities where they show up in large groups, where are the rest of them going? I can guarantee you they're not staying in Texas or New Mexico or Arizona. They're not staying in California. They are spread throughout this country. And what's happening then? Those cities are then saying, well, we have to care for these people. We have to provide them with housing. No, we don't. They're illegally in our country. We don't have to provide them with housing. We don't have to feed them. We don't have to provide them with medical or health insurance, as California, Washington, Oregon, and about a dozen other states have already said, we will provide Medicaid, meaning taxpayer-funded health insurance, for illegal aliens. I kid you not. Your taxpayer dollars are already paying for the medical care of this vast invasion of more than 9 million people sponsored by, aided and abetted by, the man in charge of the Biden crime family, and that's Joe Biden. So what happened in New York last night? Well, uh, at, at Floyd Bennett Field, which is a, you know, a big, a big athletic field, they had a giant tent full of about 2,000 illegal aliens. And then some storm winds came in, and they blew much of the tent down. So the city of New York said, we have to put these people somewhere. Where are we going to put them? So they decided to center on James Madison High School in Brooklyn. And let me tell you something significant about that neighborhood. That neighborhood of New York City, even though the state and even though the city of New York City tends to vote for Democrats very, very reliably, in the case of James Madison High School and the neighborhood in Brooklyn, it went in 2020 largely red, meaning that most of the voters there voted for Donald Trump. Now, they didn't outnumber the rest of the people in New York City or New York State, but they voted for Donald Trump. Do you think it's an accident that the Democrat leadership of America's biggest city, New York City, decided to focus on a neighborhood that was largely populated with conservative Republicans instead of focusing on an elite Democrat neighborhood somewhere in Manhattan, which you can find almost any time you want to look? So what did they do? 
They put them on school buses, 2,000 illegal aliens, and they brought them to James Madison High School. And then, on very short notice, they told all of the families whose kids go to that school, sorry, there won't be school tomorrow. We'll do online education instead. We have to vacate James Madison High School at least for the night and for the next day. They're now trying to clean the school up today after the occupation by illegal aliens last night. Your kids are not welcome in the school that you parents paid for. We're giving the space away to illegal aliens. Well, as one of the residents uh, who was only identified as Rob said, this is blanked up. And he used a word I can't use on the radio. But he says it's a litmus test. They're using a storm, a legitimate situation where they're testing this out. And you know what? I think Musk's suggestion is right. He's not always right, but he's right in this case. The big cities have started buying hotels to house illegal aliens, just like they have housed drug uh, addicts and the rest. And they now say, we have to spend a whole bunch of the public's money housing illegal aliens, feeding illegal aliens. And by the way, many of them are complaining about the food. Apparently, beggars can be choosers when they say, well, we don't really like the food you're feeding us. We really don't like the place you're housing us. And typically... Those hotels end up getting wrecked by the illegal aliens, even if they're only in them temporarily. So you can imagine what they're going to do to public schools. And imagine what's going to happen this coming summer. We're going to have a Democrat convention, a Republican convention, and in most of the big cities, they're going to be overrun by these illegal aliens. The cities are going to say, well, the schools are vacant because it's summertime. Let's just let the illegal aliens camp there. You know, Joe Biden's newest group of voters. This is outrageous. It's got to stop. And in our Twitter poll or X poll question today, should American schools be off limits to house Joe Biden's illegal alien invasion? I'm going to answer yes on that. I'm glad to get your phone calls and your emails. If you want to join in on the best conversation in talk journalism, it's here every day at 866-HEY-LARS. And if you're a naysayer, I'm going to put you right to the head of the line at 866-439-5277. Send your emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. Vote in our X poll, and you're listening to The Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. Just 
listen for five minutes. You'll feel better. More with Lars Larson right now. You show that makes a lot of sense, a lot of nonsense. Right, you bloody well right. You know he got a right to say. This is the Northwest Nonsense. How much longer do we have to sit for this nonsense? That great moment every day where Lars brings you the cold, hard facts without any liberal wokeness from the daily dead fish wrapper or mainstream media bias. On any day when the weather puts a blanket of snow on your lawn, isn't it nice to have your lights and heat working? Well, for those of you without power today, and there are thousands of you, the liberal elected elites of the Northwest will soon give you plenty of company. They've decided to force citizens to electrify everything you own, space heat, water heat, and, of course, your car, which, for those of you without power this morning, might be a big, fat battery brick in your driveway. And good luck if you ran out of juice on the way home last night. Kind of tricky to bring a five-gallon can of kilowatts to your stranded battery buggy. It's an excellent metaphor for the future that folks like Jay Inslee and Tina Kotek have in mind for us. New rules in both states effectively forbid natural gas in homes and businesses. State experts forecast electric demand will jump 10% at least in the next decade, and supply is going to drop by more than 7%. Just do the math on those numbers. Major coal plants have already been shut down. Nuclear and natural gas electric plants are already outlawed. And gasoline and diesel trucks and cars, they face a ban that's coming at us in the next couple of years. But if you're worried about Tina Kotek, don't worry. She has a shiny new generator installed in her yard. Well, I got a tip today. About a year ago, we talked about the fact that Governor Kate Brown, the former governor of Oregon, had made a contract for more than $300,000 to put in emergency power at the governor's mansion in Oregon that's known as Mahonia Hall that would keep it lit up like a Christmas tree even when all the other citizens have no electric power. Well, it turns out that because we brought it up on this show, because nobody else seemed interested in covering it at all, not the Daily Dead Fish Wrapper, Oregon Live, or Seattle Times, not most of the TV stations either, we were the ones who covered it. $300,000 to put in a whole house generator. Now, I talked to a bunch of contractors who said you could do that job for about seventy grand, But it's government, so you know it's always going to cost more. Well, it turns out that Governor Kotek apparently got so much grief because we brought it up on this show and we had you call her office and complain, they apparently took this brand spanking new natural gas generator fueled by the very fuel that Tina Kotek wants to forbid you from using, but she wants to keep her own lights on, and they stuffed the generator in storage. It's just sitting there, paid for by the taxpayers, very expensive, and not in any kind of position to be used at all. It's absolutely crazy. And as I said, ironically enough, it runs on natural gas, the very stuff that Governor Kotek wants to ban you and me from using. And now today's question of the day. Actually, I'm going to make this today's daily grill. It has to do with a community that's lost a tremendous number of jobs. So let's do the grill. Insane. Are you Ridiculous. They get more and more ridiculous. Flat out dumb. You're even dumber than I thought. Who deserves today's Lars Grill of the Day? Maybe they're just really, really stupid. Find out right now. Well, I want to tell you first, there's a tiny little community. I've never lived there, but I had friends who lived there years ago in the town of Banks. It has about 1,800 people. It's like a lot of small towns in the Pacific Northwest. And one of the major industries in this town of 1,800 is a sawmill. Now, that sawmill has been there since 1961. 
Guess what? It closed last fall, and now apparently 58 people who work at that mill are finding out they're not going to have jobs. Now, let me do the math on this. In a community of 1,800, the average family uh, size is about three, so that's about 600 families. To lose 58 jobs in a community with 600 families, that means 10% of the families are losing their breadwinner. And why are they losing it? I'll tell you why. Because Hampton Mills, which owns that sawmill and a bunch of other sawmills, those sawmills are still operating. But this one in Banks is closing down. And why? Because the state of Oregon played a fast one. The state owns these vast forests, the Tillamook and Clatsop forests. And they could be cutting at what's called sustained yield. That means you cut trees about as fast as they grow and you never run out of trees. They're not cutting anywhere near sustained yield right now. But they've now told Hampton Mills, we're not going to be able to assure you of a supply of logs for your mill. So Hampton made the sensible decision, if we don't have the trees that we can turn into lumber, then we have to shut the place down. And that community is going to lose a tremendous number of jobs. Can you imagine if Seattle or Portland lost an employer like in Portland's case, Intel, that's 22,000 jobs? That would be about equivalent to what's happening to the town of Banks. And all because the state of Oregon won't cut at a sustained yield level. Now. Our best email so far today, and then I'll get to calls, including a naysayer. Uh, Bruce High from Kirkland writes in, Lars, did you see this travesty? More of this crap about how Republicans are going to destroy democracy. Idiot Joe talks about, well, we all do well if I do well, and we need a government where everybody gets ahead. Real wages have been falling under him. More people are on the dole, can't afford their lifestyle. It's a bizarre world that the Democrats are trying to claim exists. I seem to recall that under Trump, groups that always lag did better than ever. And he's absolutely right about that. Black Americans, Hispanic Americans, females, gay Americans all did better under Trump, all do worse under Joe Biden. He says this is absolutely crazy. His entire reelection strategy is to lie and obfuscate. He's going to shed a tear because we almost lost our democracy on January 6th. Oh, and now he's on green energy and how he had asthma as a kid because of fossil fuels. Signed, Bruce, in Kirkland, Washington. Your emails, too, at, uh, at talk at LarsLarson.com. Let me go to Chuck, who's a naysayer. Hey, Chuck, welcome to Wednesday on the Lars Larson Show. What's on your mind? Oh, well, my mind is, <clears throat> once again, your show sucks, again. and uh, Coming from you, I'll take that as the compliment it is. No, no, it's not meant as a compliment. Here, here's oh, the real, oh, I, did, I couldn't here's tell. Here's the real deal. Yeah. Here's the real deal, Republican. You Republicans don't want to have any kind of solution to the immigration crisis because it would put you out of a job. No, I want a wall down there. Oh, that would yeah, solve yeah, 90% no, of it, why, wouldn't it, why, Chuck? Why? Excuse me, excuse me, I wasn't done talking, the Republican. Well, okay. you are done talking what? in a moment. Wouldn't a wall have made a major difference? And Donald Trump, wouldn't, the guy I supported and so no, many Americans no, supported, no, wanted to it, build no, a wall. It wouldn't. No, it wouldn't have how, made How would a wall because, not make a big difference? Because uh, they would have figured out a way around it or under it or And then they'd it. meet up with okay. the Border Patrol on the other side. And you know aren't walls it, and fences it, how we protect would, everything what? in America? Chuck, can you tell why me this? Any, Aren't walls and fences why? the way we protect everything in America? No. It's you're not. Wrong. Tell me what Again, tell idiot, me what's protected idiot. by something you're that's not idiot. a wall you're and an not idiot. a fence. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Well, I take that as a compliment, Chuck, coming from you. <laughs> and he chickened out. You know, that's what happens with, with naysayers. They sometimes chicken out, but he says you don't want a solution. Hey, we had a president who had a lackluster Republican Party on Capitol Hill. 
He had Paul Ryan. He had Mitch McConnell. Donald Trump came in and said, I want to build a wall and I want to make Mexico pay for it. Congress could have made that happen. Congress chose not to, both building the wall and making Mexico pay for it. But Donald Trump wanted to get it done. It was Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell that blocked him. And right now, when I hear people say Republicans don't want to solve the problem, well, if somebody can explain to me who knows a little bit about what goes on in D.C., how do you pass a law like H.R. 2 that has already passed the House of Representatives if the Senate, I mean, the House did pass it, the Senate won't pass it, and Joe won't sign it. So how is it the Republicans who control one out of three, the House but not the Senate or the White House, how are Republicans supposed to solve that problem? But we can solve their problem this coming November with your ballot. The Lars Larson Show. So you don't have to. Bringing the political heat. He's Lars Larson. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you on a Wednesday. Always glad to get to your calls. Even the naysayer calls, even when they get nasty. It's also a pleasure to welcome back Pulitzer Prize winning writer Nigel Jaquis, who reports for Willamette Week. You can find this story at wweek.com. But Nigel, it's great to have you back on the program. Nice to be here, Lars. And I guess the way I describe this, having read your story, and it's a great story, is what do you do when you have a firefighter who's played a particularly heroic role in at least one very high-profile explosion, a natural gas explosion that did a tremendous amount of damage, but then you find out he's done things that are absolutely beyond the pale, outrageous and, uh, and, and at least a violation of the law, even though that can no longer apparently be resolved. What do you do, and why is the labor union now defending this Portland firefighter who finds himself in this trouble? Well, it is a conundrum. So uh, the firefighter, Lieutenant Peter St. John, was a guy who saved many lives in 2016 natural gas explosion on uh, Northwest 23rd Avenue in Portland. Uh, four years later, uh, he was in some kind of personal turmoil. Uh, he uh, was at his station, and his wife called in and, and really dropped a bomb, uh, saying, you know, my husband engaged in this conversation with a woman uh, on uh, a, a messaging app, and they uh, discussed, they exchanged photos of young children and, and discussed briefly having sex with those young children. And, um, you know, from, from that moment on, there launched a number of investigations, including a criminal investigation uh, in Clackamas County where he lived. It all ended up with the prosecutor saying, look, we can't prosecute here, but this man should be fired, uh, should never work as a firefighter again. Fire Bureau investigated, came to the same conclusion. There were some other issues. He had sent some, apparently sent some inappropriate uh, messages to female firefighter and to a female uh, 911 dispatcher so the bureau said look you're fired um the union said no way uh they um grieved it went to arbitration and the arbitrator said yes he did make these uh terrible uh he did he did do these terrible things he did engage in this conversation with his woman he um uh did some other things that the firefighter that the arbitrator took issue with, but he said the discipline is too severe. Let's give him a 30-day uh, suspension, give him a year's back pay, and put him back on the job. So, in effect, he gets rewarded. And, by the way, let me skip ahead to part of the story where you point out this firefighter, Lieutenant Peter St. John, 
admits that he did all the things he, that they suspected he had done, uh, the, the conversations and everything else. That, is that accurate? That, that is accurate. One of the things that he admitted, uh, well, he didn't admit, his wife also accused him of severely beating her and taking a knife and cutting his own chest, the implicit threat being that he would have cut her, but she ran into the bathroom uh, for safety. So, yes, he admitted to a lot of very troubling behavior. Um, statute of limitations had run on his failure to report. So the, the, the major issue that both the prosecutors and the fire bureau identified was when he was having this chat with this woman on the messaging app, and uh, she brought up the possibility of exchanging or having sex with kids, he should have, as a mandatory reporter, which all firefighters are, he should have immediately reported that conversation uh, to authorities. He didn't. Um, what the story goes on to show was that his wife shared that conversation, told uh, that conversation about that conversation to one of the most senior officers in the Portland Fire Bureau, who happens to be St. John's half brother. Uh, he did nothing. He said, "Look, uh, if you if we tell, uh, your husband's going to lose his job. Your kids are going to suffer. So let's keep it quiet." Um, another uh, senior firefighter. Uh, destroyed some evidence in the investigation. So there was a kind of a, a cover-up that was part, uh, I won't say it's worse than the crime, but there was a cover-up here. And, and um, yes, Peter St. John admitted to the behavior, but the arbitrator, as arbitrators often do, uh, split the baby, so to speak, and said the discipline, it, it, he should be disciplined, but 30 days is enough. So I, I want to point out, which may not be clear in the story, that the guy was on paid administrative leave for two years. After he was fired, that was about a year ago, he's now going to get the uh, year's back pay. So, um, you know, it's it's a strange situation. Look, I'm a fan of firefighters, too, but a two-year paid vacation because of troubles that you brought on yourself with your own actions, and then to get you know, the two years off with pay and then get a year of back pay and all you get is 30 days punishment doesn't seem appropriate, especially when it sounds like, I don't know, Nigel, you do a lot of legal stories. If people conspire to do something, even if it's if that something is now past the statute of limitations, is that a crime? If if somebody in the fire bureau, his half brother, conspired with his wife to keep uh, a criminal act, I mean, because it's a misdemeanor crime, isn't it? Failure to uh, be a yes. failure to perform the duties of a mandatory reporter, report suspected child abuse, but a conspiracy to, to cover it up that doesn't have a statute, does it? Uh, you know, they say that the, the statute on, I, I don't know if there's a statute on conspiracy. There is a statute on the uh, requirement to report, which is actually a violation, I believe, not a misdemeanor, but it is a crime, is only six months. So, I, the, 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 I mean, the point is that, you know, these terrible things happen. Uh, senior Bureau folks know about it. Uh, initially, they don't do anything. Then when the investigation takes place, the guy admits to everything, and, you know, the consequences are minimal. And he's still going to have a job at the Fire Bureau, and the union is defending his action. Unresolved. So so the city uh, has actually said, look, they go to binding arbitration. The arbitrator says 30 days unpaid. The city says we're not accepting that. Even though it's binding arbitration, we think his conduct is so bad that we will not take him back so that remains unresolved it's in front of the state employer relations board essentially that's an appellate proceeding where the city and the union will now fight it out to see whether uh he got he does get his job back or whether he's fired
Anything else about this story that we ought to know? Because I wanted to ask you something about the mandatory reporter rule as well. Well, I, I just think it's important to note, you know, this is one firefighter. As you said at the outset, uh, most firefighters are very good people. They do great work in the community. They face incredible trauma in their jobs. I, I, this is not an indictment of firefighters. It's an indictment of a system that has protected uh, a firefighter who deserves to be fired. And you suggested almost like a family would say, we're going we're gonna to protect members of our family even if they've done something wrong. That that mandatory report law is in every single state in America in one form or another, and yet it is so very rarely used, even though there seem to be abundant examples of teachers and firefighters and cops and medical personnel who just ignore the law that says if you even suspect child abuse, you have to report it, and failure to do so is either a violation or a misdemeanor. Why is it so rarely enforced, especially when we have such a great concern about child sex abuse, about child trafficking and everything else? Well, I want to make two points. First, the first point I want to make, which is something that I believe that you know, which is that the vast majority of sexual abuse actually occurs within circles. In other words, it's often uh, family members or yep. uh, people who know the victim. And that's why mandatory reporting law is so important is because you know, it's not stranger danger. It's not some guy in a dark alley who, who grabs somebody and sexually assaults them. It's usually somebody that is known to the victim. So it's incredibly important when people suspect something is amiss that they should report. I think this story answers your second question. Why wasn't this reported? Well, you know, the firefighter stood to lose his job. If his wife went to the authorities, uh, they have children. You know, she depended on his income. Uh, similarly, his brother might feel a sense of embarrassment to report his own, you know, his own flesh and blood. And so people will find a million reasons not to do the thing that they are required by law to do. And the people who suffer for it are children. you got to check out this story. It's Nigel Jake was the Pulitzer Prize winner from Willamette Week. You can find his story at wweek.com. When we get back, I'll get to your phone calls and emails. Thank you, Nigel. And Governor Kotek's Housing Council is pushing $3 billion in new taxes. You're listening to the Radio Northwest Network. Well, with me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers? Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you own an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage. Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com. He has small town politics with big town opinions. This is the Lars Larson Show. Try that in a small town. Welcome back. 
Welcome back to the Radio Northwest Network. It's a pleasure to be with you, and I'm always glad to get to your phone calls and emails. I want to talk about the $3 billion in taxes that one of Governor Kotek's housing councils is pushing right now. First, though, I want to go to Zoe. Zoe, thanks for calling. We call this the best conversation in talk journalism. Welcome. What's on your mind? Good afternoon, Lars. Um, I'm calling from Oregon, and I'm not a no-sayer. I'm not a nobody, but I have to agree with your caller two callers ago. I've known this for 25 years. When a caller comes on your show and you do not like what they are saying, you do not want to hear what they are saying, and you cut them off, and I find it very rude. And I am not the only one that says this. I I'm wish sure you not. well. I'm sure you're God not. God bless America. God no, but bless can, America, Can I ask you a Lars, question, but- Zoe? What? I usually let naysayers go until they're either going I'm to... I'm not a naysayer. Well, I'm, I'm not, not saying you are. I'm ta- but you brought up the subject of the naysayer. I'm talking about him. He calls and he wants to make a point. He says Republicans aren't solving this. And I said, didn't Republicans push the idea of putting up a wall and enforcing our border? And he says, well, a wall isn't going to do it. And I said, well, if it's not a wall and a fence, how do you protect anything in this country? Which I think is a reasonable question because this is a conversation not... You can come on as a naysayer and just filibuster for four or five minutes. So I try to get people to move along and to answer questions when they say things that are ridiculous. When he says Republicans should solve this, can you tell me how, could you tell me how Republicans could solve this? Well, change the law. Well, that takes a vote in the House, a vote in the Senate, and a signature from a president. The Republicans have one out of three. How are they going to solve it? Lars. That's not my point. I get it. We're in a lot of trouble here. I am not a Republican. I am not a Democrat. I'm not an independent. But I will tell you. Do you vote? I have voted, yes. And I don't know how. Do you mostly vote vote for Democrats or Republicans? Do you mostly vote for Democrats or Republicans? No, that is not true. No, I what said, I'm do you, you mostly vote for Republicans or do you mostly vote for Democrats? In the past, I have voted for both. But there's not one now, that's not one more than no. the other? Down the no. middle. Right down the middle, and I'll tell you why. We're in a lot of trouble. And I listen to your show from time to time, not often because I'm a very busy woman. But I will tell you that... I saw this many years ago, and I'm seeing it today. When people take the time to call into your show and express okay. their opinion, so you're just going to repeat yourself because that's another thing I'll yeah, interrupt. Yeah, because you cut you cut them off, and you're going to cut well, me off. Well, you're getting a chance to like say whatever you want to say, Zoe. But 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 you're repeating something you said a minute and a half ago. So what do you want to say that's new about that? My job is to manage this conversation. Apparently, my audience is happy with that. We have the biggest. Ratings and bids following in the Pacific Toot Northwest. Toot your horn, Lars. Toot your no, horn. Well, I you're don't not, do it very often, but I'm telling you, you if people you were unhappy yes, with that, why would they listen? You know what? Not everybody listens. and not well, I everybody didn't say everybody does listen. I, I would never have you're the temerity to say yourself, everybody listens. Lars, you are full of yourself. Well, and I no, I'm just asking you, Zoe, when somebody calls in to make a point and they say things like, well, the Republicans aren't solving this, and his theory was they're not solving it because they'd be out of a job. Here we if, go. If the, the House and Senate and the president would solve the energy problem, the illegal alien problem, every major problem in America. Absolutely. 
then they would still have things to do. My point is... I agree with what you're saying. We've got a lot of troubles, man. And I I don't like Biden. I don't like Trump. I don't know who I like. But what I don't like, <laughs> and I'm tell telling you, you Zoe, this right now. I heard you, you say it, and I'm going to continue to manage the conversation. So can I tell you that you're part of the problem? You're going to cut me off like no, you do I'm not. when you don't like uh, what you hear. I, I want to ask you a question. Are you part of the problem that we have big problems in this country? Can I tell you why I think you are? Can I tell you why I think you are? I think you are because you don't want to hear what people no. say, and then you, you cut you've them said off something three times. So here's why show, you're the problem. You Lars, say you vote for you Republicans, you vote for Democrats. Years ago, Do you know I'm, what happens when we don't have a decision coming out of Washington D.C. if you or out of Salem or out of Olympia? When you have uh, voters who say, well, I vote for Republicans, I vote for Democrats, I vote for both, and I'm kind of down the middle. You don't get decisions made when you're down the middle. You have to stake out a position and say, I'm in favor of enforcing the rule of law, or I'm in favor of letting all the criminals go, like the Democrats have done. That's when you get into trouble. Let's go to uh, Paul in Bellevue. Hey, Paul, welcome to the Lars Larson Show. What's on your mind? Hey, Paul. How are you? I'm good. You hear me okay? Yep. Okay, good. Um, I just want to give you a little backup and support for um, the two of the last callers that you received. Both clearly um, emotional in what they called their arguments, but uh, what I've noticed is that when people get uh, to the point where they're real emotional about their positions, they tend to... Um, name call, and um, they lose logic. And one of the things that I've noticed in you is that you calmly present a logical point of view to most of the issues that come your way. That's my, that's exactly what I endeavor to do every single day. And Paul, some days I do it better than other days, and some days not so much. I appreciate the call from Bellevue. Thanks for listening on KBI. You got the Lars Larson Show. The Lars Larson Show. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you ready for the big show? In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. Live. This 
is the Lars Larson Show. Our beloved republic is in the hands of madmen. This is a dark day. Honestly provocative talk with Lars Larson. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Broadcasting across the Pacific Northwest and covering Oregon, Washington, and Idaho on the Radio Northwest Network. Live. And now. Then we're going to kick the Biden crime family out of the White House. Here's your host. Almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, and my cat. Lars Larson. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you. And if you haven't noticed lately, uh, our Department of Justice and our justice system have been thoroughly weaponized. And what is, uh, what's done then is what's referred to as lawfare, where you don't like somebody's politics, so you go after them using the legal system in what may from outside the outside look like a legitimate prosecution. Well, lest you think that it's confined to the likes of Donald Trump or Rudy Giuliani, both men I like, both men I know. Um, no, it's it's happening in the Pacific Northwest as well. And the man defending one of these cases is Angus Lee, attorney in both Washington and Oregon. And it involves a man that you hear on this show from time to time, John Lee, who's a retired airline pilot, but he's also a real activist when it comes to transit and transportation issues, which are multi-billion dollar issues in the Northwest. But it seems somebody doesn't like his politics and they're going after him. And Angus Lee is tearing apart the case against him. Angus, welcome back. Uh, thank you, Lars. I'm very happy to be here. And you're absolutely right. Somebody is definitely going after him. But, we're not but we don't know who, do we? I mean, I'm kind of skipping in the end, but we don't know who it is that's got it in for John Lee, but they've been able to employ uh, the prosecutor uh, and the legal system of of, uh, of Clark County to go after him. Is, is that fair to say? It is fair to say, and one of the things that's very strange about this case is we received a um, memorandum from the prosecutor's office that somebody had obtained through a public records request showing that the case that had been brought to the prosecutor's office against John Lee had been turned down, essentially, back in March. And uh, then, you know, eight months, nine months later in December, the charge gets filed. And I can just tell you from my time as an elected prosecutor and a deputy prosecutor, that's very unusual for a case to be turned down for seemingly insufficient evidence, and then nine months later, the case gets picked up again. Usually that means somebody had a discussion about the need for charges to be brought, and we don't know who that is or why, but we do know that that um, John is involved in a lot of political matters that are uh, have big price tags on him, and there's a lot of yep. people who don't like the things that he's saying that are true. So we're still trying to get to the bottom of that. Well, what we do now. let me make it easier for my uh, Angus. I just want my audience to understand. They say you're talking about this charge. What's sure. the charge? I'm not a lawyer. You are. But it basically boils down to they accused John Lee of providing false information when he registered to vote. That's the bottom line, isn't it? Yeah, the bottom line is they say that he registered for a address as a candidate and a voter that um, was inside Clark County uh, where he lives but not the most appropriate one. He disagrees with them on what his legal residence is. They disagree with him. We have disputes over legal residence in Washington all the time, and candidates have this all the time. But in this case, they decided to go ahead and file criminal charges against him, claiming that he knew his applications were false. And not only is there no evidence of that, but it appears that there's not even any applications they don't even have the 
declarations of candidacy or the voter registration they say he signed. So they're saying he lied on an application, but they, the prosecutor, can't provide the application that he allegedly lied on. Let me jump to a couple of other details just so people understand them. The investigating officer, you know, we're talking about the cops or the sheriff, agreed that John Lee didn't lie. And he told the court so, or he told part of the court so, and the auditor looked at what was done and said, no, Lee didn't lie. And yet the state of Washington is charging Don, John Lee with lying, right? Yeah, exactly. It's in the auditor's own findings on the voter challenge, not once, not twice, not three times, but on four separate occasions. The auditor himself concluded that John actually believed that he had residency where he claimed he did. And it was based on John's study of prior rulings on residency. It was a very thoughtful uh, study that John did to determine whether or not he was viable as a resident. And so the auditor said four times in writing, John believes that, that this is a, a residence. I just, the auditor disagrees. The police officer wrote in his probable cause statement, he doesn't believe. He didn't conclude from his investigation that John believed uh, anything other than what John was saying. So the record's really clear that John did what he believed was right and what he thought was true and, and what he had a right to do under the law. And in fact, I think he was right about that. But the prosecutor's office turns around and charges him with knowingly providing false information on a, on a voter registration. There's no evidence of that at all. And they okay, don't even so, have the registration. Angus, tell me this. If he were convicted of this charge, it doesn't sound like he will be. He's got a good defense attorney. But if he were convicted, what's the punishment? Well, he's charged with two Class C felonies, the maximum on each of them is five years. So theoretically, he could spend 10 years in prison. Now, they're both unranked felonies, which what that really means is on either one of them, the court could sentence between anywhere from, uh, you know, up to a year in prison on each. Now, I, the reason I bring that up, Angus, is I'm talking to Angus Lee, who's an attorney in Washington, Oregon, defending John uh, Angus Lee, no, re, no relation. John Lee is spelled L-E-Y, and John's on the show from time to time. The reason I bring that up is if you wanted to put a shot across the bow of conservatives saying, you decide to run for office, if we can charge you with a crime and send you to prison, that seems like a great way to scare an awful lot of people away, saying, I don't, I don't dare run for public office, because if I do, I could end up like John Lee, sitting, sitting in Walla Walla at the prison forever, for a year or two. Right? Yeah, well, just speaking generally about lawfare and... Uh, misuse of the criminal justice system, uh, like, for example, in the prosecution of Joey Gibson over in Portland. Yep. The, the, the goal is to openly prosecute someone who's innocent, because that's what's the scariest thing of all, is to prosecute someone who's, you know, everyone agrees he didn't lie, but you prosecute him anyhow just to show you can get away with it, show that you can put pressure on people and make them have to go through the process. And remember, Oftentimes, the process is the punishment. So that's that's very serious uh, issue, and we're very concerned about it. Yeah, thousands of legal fees and everything else, and the prospect of possibly prison, a felony conviction that takes you out of all kinds of professions and everything else. A couple of other quick things, because I don't want to follow this up, but they they issued, or a judge issued a warrant, a search warrant, but it wasn't signed, and it didn't include all the information the judge should have had under the law, exculpatory evidence. That's true. 
So it's pretty shocking in this case what happened. The officer submitted an affidavit in support of a search warrant, but he never signed it. Not only did he not sign it, but he didn't include in the affidavit that he submitted to the court that he, the officer, was aware the auditor had concluded that John didn't lie. And he goes to the court and says, I think there's perjury. Well, there can't be perjury if the guy didn't knowingly lie or knowingly say something that wasn't true. The officer omitted that. So there should have never been a warrant issued in the first place, but there was because the officer didn't disclose all that exculpatory information. Unbelievable. That's Angus Lee, an attorney representing John Lee, no relation. John Lee could theoretically face 10 years in prison for lying when the investigating officer says he didn't lie. We're going to keep following this one up. You got the Lars Larson Show. With me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers? Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you're in an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage. Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com. Unwrapping the news so you don't have to. Back to the Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. I want to go, I want to tell you about something that's going on in West Virginia right now that, that might actually resonate across America because it has to do with uh, fentanyl and overdoses and marijuana. And it's a crazy idea from a state lawmaker. And let me get into the details of that in just a moment. First, I want to grab a couple of your calls. Let's start with Gerlanda. Uh, Gerlanda, I started out by complaining today about the fact that, and I was complaining, but the fact that New York City chose to kick thousands of kids out of a public high school to clear the way for 2,000 illegal aliens to stay in that school while kicking the kids out of their school uh, allowing them back, I guess, once the school has been cleaned up, uh, it seems an outrageous idea to me. And I even quoted Elon Musk, who I don't always agree with, and I said, uh, Musk says, look, when, when these governments that are trying to house illegal aliens run out of hotels and they run out of schools, uh, they're going to come for your homes next. And I, I find that a frightening prospect, and it's also outrageous that the president of the United States and the Democrats in Congress and the Democrats running some of the biggest cities in America are allowing this to happen to the detriment of their own constituents. But you called in about that. What's on your mind, Gerlanda? Hi, can you hear me well? Yes, ma'am. Thank, thank you for having me on your show, um, first of all. <laughs> and second, I just was listening to your show this morning about the immigrants um, 
out in New York City. Um, I just didn't agree with a couple things only because um, I am an immigrant myself, and it feels like the fact that you're using the words and saying the words illegal immigrant is like propaganda for us to think they're like totally not humans or not even part of us. But no, I think I they're very human. For you. But Gerlanda, yeah, can I, I ask you? Can I ask you something? I use the. I don't use illegal migrant. I use illegal alien. That is the term that is yeah. in federal law, and it accurately describes <laughs> it. And when you call yourself a migrant, are you here in America legally? Yes, I am. Okay. And it's now, only because I have a specific question for that is the part about the illegal immigrant part, because I feel like you have not um, interviewed anyone who has come from another country. Oh, I have. So I many, many you. of them, Gerland. Okay. Many, many, okay, many I of them. To. And I would, I would talk to as many illegal aliens, both legal aliens okay. and illegal aliens, as want to talk to me on this show. But tell me this. You came here legally. If somebody comes here Ill illegally, should we call both of those people migrants? Um, my question to answer to that is the only reason why I came to this country is because your country is in my country. That's the only reason why. And so when you say illegal aliens, not only does it make somebody feel less human and makes you feel more powerful than you are, you're hurting a lot of people. And most people who are who come from this country are not into those things that you're talking about. Or no, but hold on, Gerlanda, I asked you, you came here legally. If somebody came here illegally, is there a difference between an illegal alien and a legal immigrant to America? Is there a difference? I think the big difference is that uh, this is planet Earth. You don't get to make decisions. But if we're going to speak on it, I have a specific question I wanted to ask you. Is that you're saying that these illegal immigrants are going to dirty up the schools, so they're doing all these horrible things. What facts do you have behind Okay, I'll, that? I'll cite That's facts. Gerlanda, in the last six months, a lot of cities have said we're overrun with these illegal aliens. We have to put them somewhere. In some cases, they rent hotels, giant hotels. There was one in New York City that's a 28-story hotel, occupies nearly an entire New York City block. They housed yeah. illegal aliens there. And, Gerlanda, when I'm staying in somebody else's place, I take good mm -hmm. care of that place. This hotel was trashed top to bottom, literally millions of dollars of damage from just a few weeks of housing illegal aliens who not only were illegally in my country, but when they were given a, a place to stay with running mm -hmm. warm water and heat and a yes. roof over their head, the way they showed their thanks was to trash okay. the place. So I can cite you dozens of examples of that. Let, let, let me ask you, though. I have a question, though. Okay, ask another question. Please do. Um, basic essential needs, food, water, shelter, security. Do you believe everybody needs it? I think everybody needs it. But there is okay. no right to it. You have the right to go out and work for it. But, uh, Gerlanda, I get to ask a few questions, too. May I ask you a few? Should you, should you, earn, should, should you earn your living legally? I think freedom should be a thing, and I think that... You're not answering the question, Gerlanda, and this is where people get mad at me because I interrupt. I asked you, if you need to earn a living to, to have housing and food and everything else, should you do it legally? We actually, as humans, don't have to actually earn that because the earth gives us everything we need. So what makes you feel like... Hold on, Gerlanda, where do you get your groceries? You get them at a grocery store. You don't grow your own food, do you? Actually, you don't know anything about me on that. No, I'm asking a question when I don't know about you. Instead of answering that with a question, tell me this. Do you earn a living? 
But you don't answer my questions, so why do you think well, I get No, I am. I, I've answered all your questions. What would you like to know now? I ask you think, do you think it is a basic right that everybody gets? This? No, it's not a basic right. You have the ability to go out and earn a living, but there is nothing in the Constitution that says everybody who shows up at America's border has to be let in, has to be provided with cash and an airline ticket and a hotel room to stay in and food and medical care. If it is a right, tell me where you find that right, Gerlanda. For everyone to eat and um, drink water? Where yeah, where right? do you find that right? No, not for them to eat and drink water. Everybody can eat and drink water. That you believe that it's a right that somebody can say, you have to provide me with shelter, food, and medicine. Tell me where you find that right. That right comes from the fact that the people who are migrating into this country are not coming to take over your stuff. They're coming because they cannot find food and water because your people takes it from them. And Hold I on. Where did we you, take food and water from perfect. Guatemala, Honduras, or El Salvador? It's perfect. Look at all the countries that the United Central States and South America are growing a lot of the food that's Why? sold in America. You're not answering my question, though, Gerlanda, and I'm asking you, if somebody comes to our country illegally, do they have a right to come in? I think everyone belongs everywhere, and I think that the fact that you... Okay, then, then the let me see how serious... Do you, do you live... Gerlanda, answer my question, please. Gerlanda, do, you live, in a, do you live in a home, a house or an apartment? I want to I want to ask you some questions. No, you've been asking questions too long. I'm going to ask you a question or two, Gerlanda. Please have a conversation. You don't believe in the fact that humans Gerlanda, do you live in a home and do you lock the door at night? What is that question going to prove? Why, why now you're answering a question, a question with a question. It proves that you don't believe what you say. Because if everybody no, has I'm a right to, sh hold on, if everybody has a right to food and shelter and clothing and belongings, you should leave your door unlocked tonight so that anybody who comes along and tries that door can come into your home, can go into your refrigerator, can make a meal, can go into your closet and take clothing. If they're short of cash and you have some cash there, you should let those people take it. Because your argument is that every single person on earth has a right to take from you anything you have as much as they need. And I don't believe, Gerlanda, that you actually believe that. Do you believe that? Do you believe that, Gerlanda? You, you specifically said that these people are coming and taking everything of yours. They No, I didn't say they're taking everything of mine. They are taking things from my country. In New York City, illegal aliens are now costing the city of New York City $1 billion every month. And that money is taken from the citizens of New York that is supposed to serve the citizens of New York. And it's being given to people who have no right to be here. You're listening to The Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network. The Lars Larson Show. Do you realize you can literally have Lars with you all day, every day? Podcasts at Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, and live right now. What a time to be alive. Here's Lars. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you, and I'm always glad to take your phone calls and emails. I'll get back to those in just a short bit at 866-HEY-LARS. Naysayers, and we've had some naysayers today, at 866-439-5277. Uh, send your emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. 
Twitter.com. And, of course, you can vote in our X poll. We had to change the name. It used to be Twitter. Uh, you can find the X poll <laughs> at LarsLarson.com uh, or at LarsLarson Show on X. Uh, Brian Westbrook is a guy you've heard as well. Tech expert, longtime friend of the show. And we can find him at the Consumer Electronics Show. Brian, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Lars. So I, I would love to go to this thing one of these days. The Consumer yeah. Technology Association puts on this CES. It's always sounded like a lot of fun, but I've never seen the reason to take the time off because we have you there to tell us about all the amazing new stuff they're coming up with. What, what's jumping out at you right now? Well, you know, Lars, let's get you down here. I'm actually sitting in a broadcast booth. You could do the show from here. We could talk about all the fun gadgets and cool technology that is here. I am at CES. It used to be called the Consumer Electronics Show, but now it is so much more. 117,000 people are in attendance. I'm right now sitting in the West Hall in my broadcast booth overlooking just giant exhibits from all of the big car manufacturers. I see Hyundai out my window. I see John Deere has a giant tractor with automation and AI built in into it. I see a lot of really just cool technologies. This is where technology starts. It's where it is born. It is where you learn about it first. And some of these things, honestly, Lars, will never see the light of day. You and I have talked about this over the years. Some cool things, some neat technologies, but it's like, yeah, this isn't practical or it's obsolete before it can be actually manufactured. A lot of cool concepts here. A neat thing, I actually just signed up to win a trip, and I think I should just be automatically uh, uh, eligible to go up in the good your blimp, which is here in Las Vegas. I said, oh, what's the sporting event going on? They said, no, no, it's here for CES. That's what kind of a big deal this is. You know, I got the chance probably, I don't know, 30 years ago, I, I rode in the Goodyear Blimp. They have a bunch of them, but this one was the Columbia. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's quite a ride. It's, uh, you know, and thank God it's not full of hydrogen. You know, the Germans weren't very good at figuring <laughs> that one out. But I want to ask you this. You know, I, I hate yeah. to say it, but given everything that's going on in the world, I would walk through that show thinking and just forgive me for thinking this sure. way what are the nefarious purposes that this stuff is going to be put to because i know that everybody who's coming up with these things is probably saying oh we've got this great new gadget it'll do x y and z and what yeah. i'm thinking is how how long is it going to take before the first person figures out how to use it for something immoral or illegal yeah, and that's definitely on everyone's mind, the ethics of this technology. And we'll get to AI in just a second, but I want to talk about some of the physical sure. gadgets. One of the big drone makers you've probably heard of, I'm not going to mention them by name because I don't want to draw the comparison, is actually delivering packages with drones now. Now, we've talked about that for some time, but who's to say that that package is actually your Amazon delivery and not something uh, perhaps a little more explosive? Uh, so there's really oh, now a lot you're of thinking like Hamas, right? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like Lars Larson, being a skeptic here and thinking about the other side of the equation. I, I, I will say, though, it is difficult to think about the technology and not be cautious about what it can do. I mentioned AI. There's a lot of conversations around the ethics of AI and at what point does AI become sentient? At what point is, have we gone too far? And the current thinking, the current argument, I, I watched a panel on this the other day, was that AI is going to become smart enough to manage AI. Now, I didn't quite follow that logic, but there is some degree of, of, of logic to it in that the AI engines will actually help administer uh, what this technology is doing and what sort of thinking beyond where we could possibly go uh, and try to prevent it from falling into the wrong hands. Not only that, but also uh, being used for evil. Definitely. You know what I'd mind. love to see, Brian, and, and I don't want the government doing this, but could you imagine a, an AI that parents could put on the cell phones that their, their children, say teenage children have, that look for bad stuff, uh, either, either sexual pictures, 
the wrong kinds of messaging. And, and you say, well, you don't want the government doing it. No, I don't want the government doing it. But if a parent said, I want something that's parked on my son or daughter or both's uh, cell phone, smartphone, that watches for stuff that I ought to know about. And if you say, well, you don't have a right to do that. Your kids have a right to privacy. No, they don't. Parents have a right to safeguard their kids. And some of that means, I don't know, checking their dresser drawers from time to time, making sure they're not sneaking pot or, you know, weapons or anything else in. But that's a parent's job. I would love it if they had an AI that said, we'll watch over your son or daughter's phone. If we see something that looks sketch, you know, one way or the other, uh, you know, whether and it could even be messaging, you know, emails or text messages or pictures or things like that. Uh, we'll alert mom and dad, and they can make a judgment call about whether or not they need to act on it. Anybody got something like that? Not that I've seen yet, but, you know, Lars, every time I jump on this show, I have four or five new business ideas as a result. I think if listeners are not be a millionaire starting, by now. <laughs> we, we should be. I will tell you that this is the room, this is the place, this is the city where all of those smart minds are thinking about solving problems like that. And uh, I'm going to look out for something along that, AI to manage your children's uh, phone usage and watch out for things. But honestly, Well, how about all of their electronic pad devices? Cell phone, yeah. pad, uh, laptop, computer. And, and even if mom and dad told the kids, hey, you start, you know, doing drug, you know, drug deals on your phone, we're yep. going to find out. You start sending pictures or receiving pictures that are inappropriate, we're going to find out. If you have yep. somebody who's trying to poach on you, some pervert out there who's impersonating a 12-year-old girl and trying to talk your son or daughter uh, into doing things they shouldn't be doing, it's going to watch for that. See if see if anybody's got anything like that. What is what is the biggest loser idea you've seen yet or device where somebody came up with something is just it's in your mind, at least it's something that isn't going to work. Nobody's going to like that. You know, I'm actually going to give you both my favorite thing that I've seen so far and my least favorite thing in one device. There is a lawnmower that will actually mow the lawn for you, and that's cool. That sounds great. I'm all for that. But the fact that it can draw patterns and put put messages in your lawn, oh, I, I feel like uh, <laughs> I could get I could get Trump 2024 cut into my lawn. You could do that, right? Nobody's right. going to put Joe Biden up there, but they might put Trump in their lawn. I like that idea. I have a, I have an even better idea, Lars, and, and I'm stealing this from a morning show that you and I both know very well. Uh, the, the co-anchor came up with this solution. She said, why don't I just write get off my on, on, her, on the lawn? I thought that That's was a clever idea. That's a good idea. one, especially That's for good one, older yeah. people like her. That's right. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, wow. So the, so that's both your favorite and least favorite idea? I think it is. I think it is. There's some cool technology here, though. LG has been showing off a transparent TV. Imagine if you had a fish tank that just all of a sudden became a became a television set. Uh, there are folding monitors, folding displays, a lot of folding technology, a lot of transportation technology. We're talking about not only just driverless cars, but package deliveries and things like that. So there's some really cool stuff here. And, always, and I haven't made it over to the knockoff world yet where there's a lot of like, okay, this is really kooky. We do not need this. Uh, but I'm excited to check that out a little bit later on. There's always some really good what were they thinking gadgets over there. Yeah, because those are the ones where, I mean, even if they've come up with a, a one that's not going to sell or whatever, at least it shows that there are people out there innovating. Yep. And America is yep. one of the places where there is a lot of innovation. Are we seeing anything like this, you know, this level of innovation from countries like Japan or China? 
Well, and of all the countries that are here, Lars, you do see a lot of innovation in the United States, and a lot of smart people are working on things. And we're seeing a lot of, not only from the big players, the Amazons of the world, you know, Microsoft doesn't have a booth here, but you're seeing some of their technologies here as well. You're also seeing it from the small guys. Like, some of the best exhibits are the tiny little booths that you go to, and, and the, the owner, the developer, the founder is there. They've got this cool idea for a software product or a gadget uh, that really they think is really cool. A lot of the big devices I learned about at CES first, uh, the Ring Video Doorbell, which ended up getting bought by Amazon. I met the founder here a few years ago and was able to talk to why did he create this, what was the thought behind it, and it exploded to be a big business. So this is really where technology is born. The VCR was launched here, DVD players were launched here, uh, driverless cars, all sorts of technology has really uh, found its footing here at CES. Brian Westbrook, our tech expert. You can find what he writes at brianwestbrook.com. Brian, thank you very much, and I appreciate you coming on. Coming up in just a moment, I'll get to your phone calls and your emails at 866-HEY-LARS. Email talk at LarsLarson.com. And a little insight on Puget Sound's $138 billion light rail nonsense. We'll get to that, too. me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges, but how do you explain it to customers? Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you own an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage. Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com. He's up before you are, weeding out the right from the wrong. This is the Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to the program. Glad to be with you on the Radio Northwest Network. Proud to serve the Pacific Northwest states for the last 24 years. And we have 26 stations and we love every last one of them, especially our flagship station, KXL. Our poll on X today, should American schools be off limits to house Joe Biden's illegal alien invasion? I would say yes to that. Today's poll on X is brought to you by Ultimate Truck Services. If you rely on trucks for business, Ultimate keeps your biggest assets on the road and running right. Find them at ultimatetruckservice.com. Now, we always go to naysayers first. So Joe is a naysayer. Joe, welcome to the program. Thanks for calling. Uh, what do you and I disagree hey, about that makes you it's a naysayer? It's a pleasure speaking, speaking with you again. I have been a listener since 1997. Wow, thank and, you. And uh, I used to call in fairly often. Uh, two things today, or three uh, number one, that guy that called in and insulted you, that was a naysayer. Yeah. That was totally out of line. And that was, that was, for us loyal naysayers, that was totally <laughs> un, un, unsatisfactory. Oh, I don't buy it. I mean, I, I mean no sticks good. and stones, right? My no mom always said sticks anybody. and stones. 
Yeah, okay, sticks and stones. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and gold in you did a great job on that one. Well, thank you. Uh, what, what do you and I disagree uh, about, though, Joe? Well, number one, why do you want a dictator to come in to be president of the United States? You you mean Donald Trump? Want, because he, wants, he, he says said, on his lawyer said on said day one, he said on uh, this is about two weeks ago. Trump said on day one he will be a dictator, and he said I will close the border and we will drill, drill, drill. Now I like a leader. In Donald Trump, especially, who is willing to take concrete action quickly. I don't want a leader who says, well, I'll get in there and I'll kind of figure out what the job is. And in a few months, we'll start making some changes. There are some things that have to change on day one. So why would you not want a dictator? His, who on his, day lawyer, one said yesterday, in, his lawyer said yesterday that he wanted to be able to assassinate political opponents. Now, that is just like Putin. That is just like the North Korean guy. I mean, how can you support him, Lars? I can I mean, support he, him because I think he's he, a great he, president. Off, he's he going to lose. Uh, how would you figure he's going to lose? Because the polls all indicate that the polls all indicate that he's going to win easily. If the election were held today, beat Joe Biden by two, three, four points. And I think by this fall... Joe Biden is going to be failing so badly uh, that, that Trump will have a runaway win. How do you figure that, that Trump's going to lose? Well, I got a couple of degrees, advanced degrees, and statistics and all that stuff. And, and, and by the way, I, I don't want blah, you to misquote blah, blah, my favorite blah, blah, president blah, of the 20, I, Joe. I the, Joe, would you mind polls, if, if the you... the current polls are wrong. Okay, they may be. Joe, hold on. You said Donald Trump said he wanted to be a... Sat no. What his lawyers said was they were talking to the judges about whether or not a president would be given immunity from criminal prosecution while he's president. And what his lawyers argued as a legal argument when the judges asked, well, what if a president directed the SEAL, SEAL Team 6 to kill a political opponent? Would you be able to prosecute a sitting president? And his attorneys said that even a president directing SEAL Team 6 to kill a political opponent would be an action barred from prosecution while the president's in office. Right? Uh, that's not that's Donald Trump wishing that to is assassinate. That's essentially right, but it's, but it's not correct given the, the whole context of the conversation. Well, I would disagree with you respectfully. You said that Donald Trump said he wanted to be able to assassinate political opponents. That's specifically not true. It was an, a legal argument made by his lawyers about what presidential immunity includes. Let's go to Tim. Hey, Tim, welcome to the Lars Larson Show. What's on your mind? Hey, Lars. I've listened to you a long time. It's the first time I had to call, though. This is really funny today. I love it. What is it? No, all these people freaking out. I mean, what are they going to do when he is president and he does start a mass deportation and he actually puts our gas back down to three dollars under three dollars a gallon? The, the, the Democrats are going to say, well, our guy would have done it eventually. You just didn't give him enough time. You know, that's what they're going well, to the say. Well, the Democrats had their three years to destroy the country and about time somebody's going to ramp back. It just cracks me up how these people take stuff out of context. They don't even listen. No, they certainly don't. Tim, thanks for the calls. Go to Carrie. Hey, Carrie, welcome to Lars Larson Show. What's on your mind? Oh, hi, Lars. Well, with every call that you get, my list keeps getting longer and longer <laughs> of okay. how I can't believe 
that just living here in the United States and seeing the mess that things are in, that they are so defensive and so angry and so sticking up for. And the thing is, we as um, American citizens are paying the bill. Yep. And I, I'm not. I'm not suffering, but it's not the America that I strive for. Well, you and will be suffering, Karen. Pardon me. You will be suffering, and let me give you an example. It's happening more dramatically in New what York. I mean is, what I mean is I personally have worked hard my whole life, and I'm a lot better off than some other people, so I didn't want to be a okay. cavalier about it. Yeah. But all I'm suggesting is that if you are a New York City resident where it's very dramatic, that city is spending a billion dollars a month on illegal aliens. That's a billion dollars they're not uh, spending on providing the necessary services that the citizens of New York, the citizens who are Americans, have actually paid for. And I can tell you, the city of New York is going to suffer because as you drain those resources away and hand them over to Joe Biden's illegal alien invasion, it's going to hurt people and do it badly. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. Quiet, please, ladies and gentlemen. You ready for the big show? In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. This is the Lars Larson Show. Our beloved republic is in the hands of madmen. This is a dark day. Honestly provocative talk with Lars Larson. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Broadcasting across the Pacific Northwest and covering Oregon, Washington, and Idaho on the Radio Northwest Network. Live and now. Then we're going to kick the Biden crime family out of the White House. Here's your host. Almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette. And my cat, Lars Larson. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you on the Radio Northwest Network. It's a Wednesday, and I'm always glad to take your calls. We'll do more of that in just a moment. But I want to talk first to Semi Bird, who is running to replace. He wants to become the governor of the state of Washington. And uh, Jay Inslee needs to go, although Jay is going to go under his own power, uh, but not before doing a lot of damage to the state. So it's a real pleasure to welcome the man who may replace him, Semi Bird, who you can find at Bird for governor.com miss bird welcome back lars it's great to be with you my friend how you been i've been very very well i'd love to see jay Inslee replaced i think he's doing incalculable damage to the state of washington and continues to do so despite all the best arguments to the contrary like stop doing that and uh, and he won't and then we got the possibility that bob ferguson could become governor which if there's any way to be worse than jay Inslee, that would be ferguson so how do you plan to replace them, and what are the major issues? Well, it starts with we the people. It, it starts with motivating 
in inspiring a call to action so that we the people, the citizens of this state, of Washington State, rise up, unite, come together and say, no more. We are taking back that power that was guaranteed to us in the Declaration. And in Washington State, our Constitution, Article 1, Section 1, we realize that power is inherent in the people. So the people are standing up this Saturday, this Saturday, the 13th, we're going to have our caucuses. So the Republican Party of Washington State has established a convention system, and so now we the people can attend these caucuses. We can become delegates, and we can get involved and get engaged. So that's going to happen. Bird for governor right now, as of last night, one of the largest counties in the state of Washington endorsed us. Now, we were the campaign that was counted out by the establishment. We are the campaign that has been pushing all along, laser-focused on bringing a movement that can bring people together, regardless of what your ideology is, and saying, Jay Inslee is killing this state large, just as you stated. Bob Ferguson will do worse damage, take more of our constitutional rights away. So we need to come together. We need to bring forth a candidate that is not a career politician, but in fact a career American who knows what servant leadership is about. Last night, Snohomish County gave us that. Snohomish County endorsed us last night. We're proud to have that endorsement. And we're just running forward, bringing forth solutions with actions to take back our state. So it's going to start with those caucuses. You've got a great advantage because Bob Ferguson, is he doesn't have really much choice but to run on Inslee's record, does he? Unless he wants to come out and say, okay, Inslee's been doing it wrong all along, which I don't think he's going to do, or is he? Lars, it's exactly that. So he has already been handed the baton. He has already been seated into the position by Jay Inslee and that side of the establishment. But he has his own record. Chop, Chaz, the lawlessness in Washington state. Rape is up 51%. Property crime is up 73%. Murder is up 95%. Fentanyl is the number one killer of, of all citizens age 18 through 45 that is all bob ferguson the chief law enforcement officer but yet washington state is last in the nation for having enough law enforcement officers to actually protect our state all of this again chop chaz all of this has happened under bob ferguson's direct supervision or lack thereof he is incapable of becoming a governor or leading the state, he's incapable of doing his own job. And this is why we need to bring forth, again, someone with a resume to do the work. Whether you're a Republican or claim to be, or a Democrat, we need to get back to our roots, where our founders wanted us to be, we the people, and bring forward a candidate with a resume who actually has the credentials to do the job. And there's nothing under career politician that tells us what you're going to do for us, except no. that you're more of the same. So and we by the way, I hope you make him own the illicit chicken checks and tuna checks that he's apparently using to try and buy votes. I hope you make him own the closure of Interstate 5 with both Jay Inslee when those Palestinian protesters shut down a major freeway for five hours and apparently told the Washington State Police and the Seattle Police, stand down, don't clear them out. Make him own those. Can you do that? Brother, 100% and absolutely, because, again, this is part and parcel. This goes hand in hand with 
Bob Ferguson's record, not just Jay Inslee's, but Bob Ferguson's record. Those chicken tuna checks, $40 million that was given as a settlement that was supposed to go out to people living at or below the poverty line that is actually getting out to people that have been dead for 10, 20, and 30 years to people who are above the poverty line, well above the poverty line, and then he blames it to say, well, that was Experian, that was the contracted firm. There is a pattern of fraud, waste, and abuse, but what this administration does, they continually to tax us to death. They go after small businessmen and women. They compromise our public safety, but they put a blind eye up, not even blind. They incentivize these protests. They incentivize and capitulate to groups that support known terrorist organizations. I have put forth solutions with actions that will hold these organizations accountable. Under my administration, that would have never happened. And as soon as it did, it would have been handled immediately, meaning the inconvenience, the impeding to traffic that is a threat would have been removed immediately. And by and the way, I'm talking to Semi Bird. You can find him at, at birdforgovernor.com. Semi, let me throw one other thing at you. When he blames Experian, I think Bob. I think you should challenge Bob Ferguson to explain. He could have gone to at least a half a dozen different state agencies that deal with people who are poor in Washington State and say, I need a list of people who are living below the poverty line. We need to send them a check. Why he did? Why he went to a private company? for this data, which could have been massaged, instead of going to all these state agencies that hand out uh, welfare, food stamps, Section 8, et cetera, et cetera, he could have gone to any of those, and I suspect he didn't because he knew that he'd be making a public record uh, that would have been accessible by people like you and me to find out what was he asking for, and was he asking for targeting certain areas? Why would you go to a private company for the information when the state already had the information in its hot little hands? Lars, 100%, you caught it, revealed, right? Right there. Department of Social and Health Services. That is item two on our budget, second to education, where we spend, and I'm going to say waste, way too much money. No other agency, private or uh, state, has more information of those individuals living at or below the poverty line than the Department of Social and Health Services. So why are we paying taxpayer dollars for a contracted agency when we should have all of that data within our own grasp. And it would have been transparent to the public. That's Semi Bird. He's running for governor of Washington State. You can find him at birdforgovernor.com. That's B-I-R-D-F-O-R, birdforgovernor.com. Semi, thanks very much. We'll look forward to talking to you again. Back in a moment, we'll get to your phone calls and emails, and we'll talk about both Hunter Biden showing up on Capitol Hill and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin AWOL. With me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers? Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you own an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated. 
But the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage. Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com. On demand, wherever and whenever you want it. Get the podcast all day, every day at LarsLarson.com. Why should we believe anything that this administration tells us about anything ever again? I think we all recognize, and I think the Pentagon has been very, very honest with themselves about uh, the um, the challenge to, to, to credibility by what by what has transpired here, and by what and by. Uh, this is sadly uh, and tragically pathetic. How. how how hard it was for them to be fully transparent with the American people. Yeah, fully transparent with the American people. That was the voice of John Kirby. And the guy asking the question, just to give lavish credit, is Peter Ducey of Fox News. But he's asking him, why should we believe anything that you people tell us at this point? And the specific issue they were talking about is the one we've talked about on this show for the last couple of days, and that is Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was a wall. He was in the hospital. He was in intensive care. He was effectively incapacitated. Now, the guy has prostate cancer. I wish him the best, and I wish him a speedy recovery. He gets surgery three days before Christmas, and then about a week later, he's so terribly ill, he has to go back into the hospital. It can happen to any of us. But he goes into the hospital. He does not inform the White House. And, and they've got all kinds of cockamamie excuses. Well, I told somebody to call the boss and tell him that I was going to be out, et cetera, et cetera. His deputy, Ms. Hicks, was on vacation in Puerto Rico. Apparently, she was out of pocket as well. And Joe Biden, as usual, Joe Biden is completely clueless, doesn't even know that his defense secretary has effectively disappeared and the second in command is out of the country and she also doesn't know what's going on. So Ducey is asking Kirby, why in the world should we believe anything you people say? Because it sounds as though either Lloyd Austin on his own or with the cooperation of the White House decided I need surgery. I want to keep it a secret from the American people, so I'm not going to tell anybody. Now, is that legitimate? It appears that not only was procedure violated, that there is a procedure when top officials in the government are out. Heck, even when the president of the United States, and we've had this happen a number of times, has to go in, say, for a surgical procedure. In the case of Lloyd Austin, he was not under anesthesia. He was conscious the whole time during the surgery. And they considered it a relatively minor surgery, although to address a major problem, which is prostate cancer. But then when he goes into the ICU and he's just completely unavailable, I've been getting emails from people who are in medicine who saying, hey, if he was back in because of complications due to this procedure that was done for prostatectomy, not, not prostatectomy, but one of the other procedures related to treating that, he was incapacitated. So you've got China that is rattling the saber all day long. You've got Ukraine still going on. You've got a massive invasion with 
thousands of fighting age males flooding into our country without any seeming limit put on them by the Biden administration. And then the defense secretary is taken out of action and his second in command is nowhere to be found. And Joe is clueless. Does that give you a picture of just how terribly screwed up things are right now? Now, uh, there is already a move to impeach Lloyd Austin as defense secretary. He, his position takes confirmation by Congress. Uh, there's already a move to impeach him. And at least one of the members of Congress, a House member, is a Democrat who's saying, you got to get this guy gone. He needs to be gone right now. I mean, Joe Biden and his buddies have done so much damage, not just to the country, but to the Pentagon and our military specifically. All these woke policies like DEI and CRT and transgender and all the rest of this nonsense. They've done a tremendous amount of damage. It is about time that members of Congress in the House begin to impeach these people and expose to the public exactly what has been going on. Uh, item number two is Hunter Biden. Now, you'll recall that Hunter Biden was subpoenaed to appear uh, before a congressional committee. He refused to comply with the subpoena. So today, the Congressional House Oversight Committee was holding a hearing about whether or not they're going to find him in contempt of Congress for failure to comply with the subpoena. And guess who shows up in the gallery? None other than the president's coked up son, Hunter Biden. I know he claims to have beaten his addiction. I'm not going to believe that till I see some kind of proof. But he shows up in the gallery. And then when members of Congress begin to talk about the fact that Hunter Biden is there, I mean, Hunter Biden is the linchpin at the center of the Biden crime family, at the center of the corruption that goes all the way from Beijing to Moscow to Kazakhstan to Ukraine and Kiev. And it goes all the way to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and the Oval Office of the president. So what does Hunter Biden do? He flees. Now, take a listen to this. It's a soundbite when Marjorie Taylor Greene, member of Congress, is trying to make a few comments about Hunter Biden while he runs out the door like a coward. Take a listen. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse me, Hunter. Apparently, you're afraid of my words. Whoa. Oh. I'd like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Burst their bubble. Wow, that's too bad. Now, doesn't it strike you that our Congress has turned into a circus? It sounds like the Pentagon is a circus. The White House is a circus. Nobody's serious about anything anymore. These are real consequential issues. The fact that this country, and I've made the case to you before, this country has been sold out to places like Kiev in Ukraine. We've got tens of billions of dollars going there to Joe Biden's former associates, the ones who are writing all those multi-million dollar checks to Hunter Biden, some of which found its way back to Joe Biden, who's made himself a multi-multi-millionaire while presenting himself to the American public as I'm just plain old Joe from Delaware and I ride the train home every night from my job as a U.S. senator. Yeah, with a briefcase full of stolen classified documents, some of which it appears were shared with foreign countries that are not exactly our friends because his son was in business with those people. That is serious stuff. And at least one reporter asked, I thought, the best question of the day. Take a listen to the question shouted at Hunter Biden as he fled from the chamber of that committee. Hunter, what's your favorite type of crack? Are you on crack today? What's your favorite type of crack, Hunter, and are you on crack today? 
this is the situation we find ourselves in. That we've got, we've got a country that is not being operated. We've got an invasion on our southern border. We've got a threat of a real shooting war with China. We've got an out of control situation in Ukraine that is gobbling up tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars. And we have Republicans. And, you know, I know that some of you think I'm not critical of Republicans. I am. The Republicans have been far too slow to act on almost all of this. Well, it appears they're finally getting to it. They're starting the process to impeach Mayorkas, Homeland Security Secretary. They're starting now, as of today, the process to impeach the Defense Secretary of the United States. Should they be de impeaching Joe Biden as well? I believe that Joe Biden has committed high crimes and misdemeanors. I believe that his family peddled influence. The Biden crime family got millions of dollars. And the consequence of all of that, if you say, well, this is just politics, Lars. No, it's not. Our energy future, the thing that powers this country, is based on the God-given resources we've got in this country, like oil in abundance, coal in abundance, natural gas in abundance, uranium in abundance. And who has sold us out on all of those energy sources and said, we're going to tie America's energy future to Joe Biden's buddies in Beijing? The ones who want to sell us windmills and solar panels that they don't even use to power their economy, they use coal. I, I'm just going to tell you something. And oh, and by the way, Joe is spending us into the poorhouse at the very same time. You're listening to The Lars Larson Show. The Lars Larson Show. Snowflakes. Yes, you are probably going to be offended. This is the Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you. And the news broke today that uh, Chris Christie, around 5 o'clock uh, about this time on the East Coast, is going to be dropping out of the race for president. He's been the anti-Trump component of that all along. And then you've got the also-rans, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, who are trying to make some kind of showing in Iowa that might just save them before they head on to New Hampshire. And while all of that is going on, the four different criminal cases against Donald Trump are going on, including one in Georgia involving the local DA uh, in Fulton County, Fannie Willis. And that one's taken a bizarre turn. So I thought we'd get Hans von Spakowski on, senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation, to talk about the implications of all this. Hans, welcome back and Happy New Year. Uh, Lars, thanks for having me back. Yeah, bizarre, bizarre is certainly the word. Uh, on Monday, uh, one of the defendants in the case, Mike uh, Roman, uh, his lawyer filed one of the most uh, shocking motions I think I've seen. Uh, it accuses Fannie Willis of basically having an adulterous affair with this private lawyer who she then hired as a special prosecutor in this prosecution of Donald Trump and Mike Roman and, and, and more than a dozen uh, other, um, other lawyers. And, she says that uh, not only, you know, is that, of course, unethical, but uh, she did not, Fannie Willis, she didn't get the okay, the approval of the county commission, which she needed to do uh, before she could hire a special prosecutor. And the whole thing is very suspicious because it turns out this private lawyer, um, he's got no experience 
prosecuting felony RICO cases. Remember, they're being prosecuted under the federal RICO law. That's the Racketeer Influence Corrupt Organizations Act. Yep. And yet, as the lawyer points out, um, there are lawyers at, at, uh, in the state of Georgia, the AG's office in the city of Atlanta, who are very experienced in prosecuting and defending RICO cases, and yet she hires uh, the person she's having a romantic relationship with. You know, not only is this an ethics problem, but uh, the motion says that um, this lawyer used the estimated million dollars, if you can believe that, in attorney's fees he's gotten to help with this special prosecution to pay for personal trips for him and Fannie Willis. Like going to places like Napa Valley, the Caribbean, on uh, Norwegian cruise lines. And, you know, that brings up uh, the issue of whether she has broken federal law, because there's a federal law called uh, uh, on honest services fraud, which makes it a criminal violation of the law if a vendor sends a kickback to the employer who has hired them. And this motion says that the money this private lawyer was getting um, right out of that account, he paid for, for example, hotel rooms for his those personal trips. Yeah, and he can't exactly say they were doing research uh, in the Napa Valley on, on no. Donald Trump or the Caribbean <laughs> or anything else. The other piece to this is this Nathan Wade, the private attorney. Um, we can talk right. about whether or not there was even a justification. You've suggested that she could have used existing personnel from her own office or from the state of Georgia who have the background to do it. This Nathan Wade has had some visits to the White House in the last year, hasn't he? Yeah, in fact, uh, what, one of the uh, part of the billing records was evidence that he had met with the White House counsel office uh, of the Biden, Biden White House. And you would just be sitting there going, why would there be any need for a prosecutor in Atlanta to meet with the White House counsel? And that brings up the potential issue of coordination uh, between the Biden White House and this local DA uh, to get rid of a potential presidential opponent to Joe well, Biden. By the way, it's yeah. been a very interesting coincidence. <laughs> this uh, this motion was filed on Monday. Well, apparently a couple hours before the motion got filed that morning, a process server showed up at the office of Fannie Willis in Atlanta and served a subpoena on Fannie Willis for her testimony in the divorce case going on between Nathan Wade and his wife. Oh, yeah. Did I mention Nathan Wade? Nathan Wade is apparently married when when he and Fannie Willis started this alleged affair. OK, so could she have argued? I mean, absent all this other stuff, could she have argued I'm hiring a special prosecutor because she ran for office saying, I'm going to get Donald Trump just the same way Letitia James did, too. Was she seeking to say, I'm going to have this private attorney from outside my office, somebody who's not working directly for me. So she gives the appearance to the court that you've got an independent prosecution of Donald Trump, when in fact it's coordinated not just with Fannie Willis, but also with Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's a very big problem for her. Um she, uh, under the rules governing um, 
prosecutors in Georgia, there's an entire professional code of conduct just for prosecutors, not just for lawyers. Uh, and the motion cites this. Uh, if she's found to have acted unethically in this case, if she's found to have violated Georgia law by not getting approval for hiring the special prosecutor, uh, she would be required to be recused from handling the prosecution and her entire office, not just her, but her entire office uh, would have to be uh, taken out of the case. So this is a very, very serious development. It's one that the judge uh, in the case, he's going to have to hold a hearing. He's going to have to investigate this. And Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade are going to have to answer under oath uh, for all the allegations made against them. I mean, does it blow up the case in some sense if they have to hand it off to somebody entirely outside the Fulton County DA's office, since this seemed to be a politically motivated prosecution anyway, if they hand it off to somebody who's independent, they look at it and say, there's not much of a case here. What happens then? Then the case is dropped. Because, in fact, the motion is asking for the prosecution an indictment against Mike Roman to be dropped. If the judge finds all of this is true and does drop the case against Mike Roman, he's not going to have any choice other than to drop the case against all of the defendants, including Donald Trump. And by the way, Hans, if you were working for me as my attorney, since I'm not an attorney, what we talk about is private. But if Nathan Wade went to the White House and talked to the White House counsel's office, that's discoverable, isn't it? Could they call the White House counsel, yes. the person, and say, you don't have any attorney-client. Nathan Wade, you're not the client, and neither, and that attorney is not your attorney. It's the White House. It's Joe Biden's attorney. They could haul Joe Biden's attorney into court and say, answer under oath, what were the two of you talking about? Oh, oh yeah, and in fact, if there was anything in that conversation that would, would uh, is exculpatory, that helps the defense, uh, the prosecution is obligated to turn that over to the defense. Unbelievable. Where is this going to go? What's your prediction? Oh, I think there's going to be a hearing held by the judge in this case. I don't think he has any choice but to do that. And I, I'm sure that complaints will be filed with the State Bar Association. And I think they're going to have to uh, investigate this and Frankly, the state attorney general's office also needs to look into it because of possible violations of state law. And maybe if there was a conspiracy among Joe Biden, his attorney, Nathan Wade, uh, Fannie Willis, well, that could be a RICO case even all by itself. That is Hans von Spakowski, senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Hans, thanks very much. I appreciate the time. Back in a moment, I'll get to your phone calls and emails. 866-439-5277. Emails go to talk at LarsLarson.com. And you're listening to the Radio Northwest Network. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, 
and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you, your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. of the people. This is the Lars Larson Show. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network. This year we mark 24 years of serving the Pacific Northwest states, Oregon, Washington, and Idaho with honestly provocative talk on a daily basis. Uh, our poll on X today, should American schools be off limits to house Joe Biden's illegal alien invasion? I would say yes. Last night in New York City, they literally told parents, your kids are out of school tomorrow. We're using the school to house two 2,000 illegal aliens. Now the school is being cleaned up. Presumably it'll be back in use tomorrow. But imagine this. This is where Joe Biden's illegal alien invasion is going to come right home to Americans. And if you say, well, that's happening in New York, Lars, and Chicago, and Philly, and D.C., but it's not happening anywhere else, I'd ask you to do the math. If you've got a few hundred thousand illegal aliens, maybe even a million illegal aliens who fled to places like Chicago and New York and Philly and D.C., where do you suppose the other eight or nine million illegal aliens have gone? And the obvious answer is everywhere else in America, which means that there are going to be communities far and wide in this country. They're going to be told you have to provide for these people. Joe Biden invited them to come. His CBP allowed them and actually facilitated their illegal entry. So when your schools are, you know, when they, when the local authorities say we have to use these schools, we have to house these illegal aliens, and your kids are the losers, are you going to tolerate that? Now answer the Twitter poll or X poll at Lars Larson Show and at LarsLarson.com brought to you by Ultimate Truck Services. If you rely on trucks for business, Ultimate keeps your biggest assets on the road and running right. Find them at UltimateTruckService.com. Let's go to Ron, listening on the Radio Northwest Network. Hey, Ron, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Is that you, Lars? Yes, sir. Every day. Hey, buddy, thanks for doing God's work, you know. Uh, I, I'm amazed sometimes with your patience and uh, <laughs> how, how you, how you uh, try to get a conversation going with the left, which is almost impossible because you are dealing with facts and figures, and they're all coming from an emotional state. You know, it's, it's like uh, they can't possibly have a discussion that is based in the facts of the situation, and that's always amazing to me. But uh, Well, you know, so. it's frustrating to me, Ron, because I actually think I, I like the idea of taking public policies and having a good, honest debate about it. Say, I think this policy would be better, and I'd love to have the left tell me why it's not. I mean, as an example, the Northwest is going to be in big trouble when it comes to electric power. They're forecasting at least a 10% increase in demand over the next 10 years, and it may be bigger than that. And they're already saying, and we're going to see our supplies drop by 7% because they're tearing out hydro dams. They want to tear out more. They're shutting down coal plants. And if you say if demand goes up by 10 and supply goes down by 7, then that leaves us in the dark. 
And if you say, well, I think nuclear power would be one of the ways to answer that. And we'd have to get about it fairly quickly. And there's some great technology out there that's been created in America. The greenies, though, hate the idea of nuclear power, but they won't tell you why. You know, what is it they don't like? about abundant energy that's available to power this country. So they're going to leave us in the dark, and they don't even want to talk about why they don't want to use that. Well, the, the reason they don't is because they approach it from a total emotional state that was developed during the 60s and 70s, uh, and that's been passed on to the younger generation that uh, the world was going to end, uh, surrounding uh, an explosion at nuclear power plants, and it's never happened statistically. So, again, the, the solution to the problem is right in front of all of us. If they really want to, uh, to have an all-electric all society, we need to produce it with nuclear power. There's just no question about that. No, and in the meantime, while you're waiting for the nuclear power, I'll tell you one thing that the state of Oregon could do right now, and the suggestion was actually made by the Cascade Policy Institute, which is a great think tank. They said right now, Ron, if you owned a natural gas-powered electric generating plant, and there are some of them in the region, um, the state of Oregon has said you may not expand that plant because the greenies don't like natural gas. And you say, what are we going to use in the meantime? And what are we going to use because wind and solar are in intermittent? I mean, power from Bonneville, yeah. you can produce power from Bonneville till you run out of water, and we haven't run out of water yet. You can produce power from a coal plant. You turn the plant on, you run it, to, you know, till you have enough electricity. Same thing with natural yeah. gas. You can't do that with wind and solar because the wind only blows about one-third of every day, and the sun only shines about one-third of every day. So what do you use in the interim? And the answer could be natural gas, and they could say we're going to quickly license the creation of some new natural gas plants, which will, even if you foresee a wind and solar future for the region, you've got to have something to fill in the gaps. And battery storage is not going to do it. I mean, the numbers don't work. So let them build yeah. some natural gas plants. And if you won't do that, are you, are you, are you sentencing people to, I mean, a lot of people lost power in the last 24 hours because of windstorms and snow and a bunch of other problems uh, that are kind of predictable. But what are you going to do when large sections of the region simply don't have enough electricity and they turn the lights out? And I want people to realize that's not my prediction. That's the prediction of the government-run uh, power uh, regulating agencies like Northwest Power Planning Council and others. And it's their job yeah. to keep the power turned on. And they're not doing their job. And they're not allowing us to say, let's create some ways of making electricity so that when the wind and solar dreams are finally realized to be as fraudulent as most of the rest of the all-electric vision of America, that we are at least not sitting in the dark freezing to death. You got the Lars Larson Show. The Lars I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers? Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio. 
Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com.